This is songwriting our way out of here. With Leah G and Marlock. Hello people, welcome to our second season of the podcast. This is actually the first episode. How exciting to be back. So welcome to Songwriting Our Way Out of Here. I'm here with Leah G as usual. Hey Leah. Hi, hi. Hello. And today we've got an amazing guest. Uh, We've got Kieran Spooner uh, from Sony. He works at A&R. So hello. Hello guys. How are you? Not bad. Yeah, good, thank you. It's so good to have you on here today. Yeah, so... Thank you for having me. First of all, thank you very much for for joining us. And, you know, already preempted, we're going to talk about A&R things, um, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we have you here today. So I think the first thing that we want is for you to tell us, you know, how did you start in in A&R? And also, what is it, right? Because I think many people are going to, I'm going to say A&R. Okay, what is that, guys? So if you could give us a mm. bit of an explanation and then, sure. you know, from a personal level, why did you get into it and and how? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so, I mean, my background, I've worked in music, well, trying to work in music and get a full-time job within music for the last 10 years. So it hasn't been something that's happened overnight at all. Um, it started when I was 17, this passion of mine. Uh, to just break down what an A&R is, it stands for artist and repertoire. And the way that I kind of see that is the roles are scouting. So scouting talent, developing talent, pushing talent and releasing talent. Um, and that's kind of the overall kind of purpose of the job, really, this, this quick summary of it. Um, my background previously was artist management and development for different artists around South London, um, which started when I was 17 that all the way up until about 23 or 28 now. Um, I worked on setting up events companies, just anything I could do to be around artists, really. Um, and it was only in the last few years I decided, yeah, I think A&R is something I want to do because um, I wanted to really understand what goes into a major record label and what their processes are. Um, so, yeah, I enrolled on a course at Notting Hill Academy of Music um, just to kind of study more the the A&R kind of side of things, and they were owned by Relentless Records, which is a Sony label. Um, so, yeah, I got to grips there. I got some good mentorship there. Um, it was really useful. I ended up working there as a marketing manager as well. And then, yeah, I started basically every Friday. I Then through the different roles I had done, I built up from different events, quite a few different industry connects that I had. Um, that I wouldn't say they were the strongest relationships at all. They, I wasn't like best friends with these people (laughs) but what I did have is I had their social media or their email addresses and I would send out on Friday I downloaded Canva I taught myself using YouTube just how to use the basics of Canva Um, and I would compile reports for custom made to each different label of maybe 15 to 20 artists every week at Friday 8am I would send out religiously um, to all different industry connects and I'd use Canva to even put the label's logo on there and make it definitely custom made for them I'd make sure the artists I'm suggesting fit their kind of their market with what they have on their roster I wouldn't send like a a hip-hop artist to an R&B label I'd make sure it's custom for them Um, and yeah, I would do that for weeks. I did that for maybe nine weeks until, you know, I got some people come back and say, these are great, man. I keep sending them, keep sending them. And then Dana Wusu from Dream Life um, actually invited me into one of their A&R meetings on a Friday. Um, so I started going to their A&R meetings for about six months, 
um, just sitting in and just kind of suggesting artists. At the same time, other labels had started to now get in touch with me as well um, due to this. Um, and then the Sony internship program came up um, and I just applied for it. There was 8,000 applicants. Um, there were some bigger major labels I could have looked at in that application process. But I just saw the opportunity at Dreamlife Records as a brand new label. It started in lockdown in April last year. It's a new label. It's a, one of, I mean, I'm never going to really get an opportunity again to make a mark at a new major imprint. Um, so I thought these other labels, they've already got their history. Mm. They've already got mm. their standards of what they live to. This is something I can get immersed in and, and build from the ground up with these guys. And all the guys are a similar age to me, the managing directors. I, I've known some of them, I've known of them, respected their work for many years as well. So I just thought it's better to come into here. So yeah, I've been here now just over a month. Um, and yeah, it's been a real, real learning curve. It's been, That's... been straight in the deep end, but I'd like to think I've hit the ground running because, you know, I've been prepared for this for over 10 years, so... Yeah, that's yeah, a super cool story, actually. And and you know what? It also shows that if you hustle and and keep at it, you eventually get mm, results, definitely. right? And you get to mm-hmm. where you want to be. Yeah. Crazy. Um, 100%. Just one question out of curiosity, because you, you mentioned, you know, your reports every Friday. In order to do that, how much music were you listening to a week? <laughs> or a day? A it, day? <laughs> it, would, it, would, it would vary, man. I mean... I was privileged enough to be working in Notting Hill Academy of Music. So what I was able to do is I was able to just have conversations with people. It would be regular conversations. They would have no idea what I was doing. And I'd be like, oh, I'd even overhear conversations and go, oh, people are mentioning this. Let me run and do my homework. Okay, this is unsigned. Let's add this and we'll see what report that will go on. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was listening to music. I'm always listening to music, man. I mean, people will know if they send me music, I respond to everyone. That's my my big ethos. uh, I hated when I was trying to come up in this game and there were people that would just blank your messages. I, even if I don't like it, I'll tell you I don't like it. So I just mm. constantly listen to music. I'm always listening because I'm always open to learning and I'm I'm exploring my own palette as well. Like I don't want to just stay in the world that I'm in. I don't want to just stay in... Because my, my background is rap, hip-hop, um, grime and, and that kind of and R&B. So it's like if I stay there, I'm limiting myself and I think there's more lessons outside of this genre that I can bring over. So I'm always, I'm always listening to music, man. I'm listening, you know, I was listening to Bob Dylan last night for about an hour and a half. Um, I, I can't sound nice. Bob Dylan, but you know, I was just seeing what can I, what, what, what can I grab from there, you know? Um, He's great. Uh, That'd be an, an interesting sorry. sign, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, you might yeah. be able to sign him. <laughs> be expensive. Oh, super expensive, oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what, talking about signing, um, you know, can you walk us through the, the signing process, right? Or like that, that mm. decision-making process uh, that you guys have where you're like, okay, I've been listening to this artist. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be really good to add him or her uh, to the mm-hmm. roster. Um, how does all sure. of that work for how long do you follow an artist? Uh, what do you uh, for, I mean, it varies. I mean, it literally is. There's no there's no one size fits all. And I know it sounds cliche for you know people mm. to say everyone's different. It really is different. Um, there's something at the moment I'm working on signing at the moment. And the single is already out that I want to sign and license. And there's I don't want any of the other records with them at all. I, I, I don't want to sign the artist themselves. I just want that <laughs> song for a licensing period. Um, and it's understanding the different types of deals would then dictate that. How long I follow an artist for? I mean, there's artists that I've been following for over two years that I still bring up and have to keep bringing up regularly to the rest of the team saying, oh, come on, guys, mm-hmm. let's do something. You know, it might it might move. <laughs> um, 
so it's a constant changing process. Um, I would say good A&Rs and people that kind of know what they're doing. I've always found before I present it to the team or I say, look, I'm looking at this, make sure you've done your homework on who they are. Um, the only yeah. kind of between a rock and a hard place with this one is sometimes there's not a lot of information out there on the artist. Yeah. So some, mm. if you want to be super proactive, you'll reach out to the artist. The, the experience I've learned from doing that, however, is if then we are not interested, you are then potentially giving false hope to an artist by asking yeah. questions. Um, but I mean, that's why when I reach out to artists, I say, look, I'm not promising you anything at all. I'm, I'm a fan of you regardless. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean my team will be, and it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to sign you tomorrow and change your life because only you can do that anyway, even if we do sign you. Um, yeah, true. And yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the process can, can change. I can be following someone. There's an artist that signed today to another, another competitor label. And uh, he think we went and sat down with him and we were the 18th label to sit down with him. And he only went viral <laughs> wow. about two weeks ago. 18. So, I mean, within wow, two weeks, crazy. he's met every single major label. He signed a huge seven-figure deal. Um, and he's only got one song online. And, you know, it's, people are different. It depends. I mean, if someone's moving at that pace, well, we've got to be quick. But then yeah. for the type of label I'm at, I think we don't want people that is just a quick fix. We want, we want to develop talent and we want to take our time and build something long-term. But then understanding we still need to keep the lights on in the building. So, <laughs> you know, we'd love to develop everyone, but we also do need statement artists that are making an impact and are bringing a return on investment yeah. straight away as well. So it's yeah. just trying to find True. that balance. A lot of people, I think, forget that at the end of the day, a label is a business as well, right? And it has to feed a lot of families and, um, you know, a lot of people <laughs> who work there and pay the bills, you know, so of course, that's also important. You cannot yeah, just throw money at everyone because I think and I, I think I think understanding it for an artist as well. I think the better understanding an artist has on the business. I mean, it's just a better relationship they're going to have with people on this side of the fence over the, the period of their career, because it's not going to be taken so emotionally. It's not going to be taken as a personal decision as such. I mean, it, it's clear. I mean, a, a million streams on Spotify is just around £4,700. So when you see artists saying, I want to earn X amount, I want an advance of 200000 but you've only streamed half a million streams on all your music, you know, mm. there's no, it doesn't make sense on a business decision on these things. So I think that's where there's a lot of mis misinformation out there. There's a lot of people that don't really not understand the nitty gritty yeah. of the business. And I think, mm. obviously, it's not always an artist's job to do so. I, I completely think they should be immersed in the creative process, but not be ignorant to it. And they should have people in their side and in their team that do understand it. And yeah, yeah look for the right team, really. Look for the right team, not, not, not for the check. The check is... The money, money comes and goes. It's not going to last. It's, it's about the people that you're working with and that you want, you want people to have a real passion for you because there are major labels that will sign you just to say they've signed you. You know, it's just like to, to, for their own ego to say, ha, I got that. But as soon as it doesn't sell what they want it to sell, they'll throw it away. And, and, and you know, and it's, it's just, it's, it's a definite, it's a balancing game, I think, in this thing. Mm. What's the internal process to, like, convince the label of signing an artist, like... Mm. I, I think I think it's I say the the money is a, a key aspect, but I'd say that doesn't even come into the discussion until probably the fifth thing, fourth or fifth thing to think about. I think you've mm -hmm. always got to realize like as someone senior advised me and gave me some advice and said never let the price of something dictate your feeling mm. on it, which is hard because I did find myself doing it. I found myself saying I really really like this, but his team mm. want this amount of money. Um, that's not worth it. So I changed my mind, but then you'd have to realize. 
Um, the music, first and foremost, it sounds again cliche, but it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I am also very tired of the uh, thing of A&Rs only go for what's, what the numbers are and they only go for where the person's already got a million views and all this because it's just simply not mm. true. And I, I just simply mm. say it like this. I mean, there's I have three A&R meetings a week. Other labels have one or two, whichever. In the, say, for example, I bring three artists to the table every meeting. That's nine artists a week for me. Wow. That's 450-something wow. artists a year that I'm bringing to the That's table. There simply are not 450 artists a year that are hitting a million views and hitting these numbers. So I am finding mm. talent that is completely 200 views and 300 views. And so A&Rs are doing it. It's just also you've got to look at the, the higher up and, and that taking the chance on. And yeah. So, yeah, I think music fundamentally, because that will get us to the attention... Social, 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 social media, not necessarily the numbers, but how are you engaging with the people already there? Mm -hmm. um, that's really important to me because I think we can only do so much for you if you don't use your social media. If you're, if you're not engaging in your fans or you're just very nonchalant towards it, they'll leave yeah. you for the next person that will engage them. So I think, yeah, that's so, a huge thing. And just being socially conscious and socially aware um, if you're a bit of a live wire in this day and age, I, I do have concerns slightly um, because, you know, the whole cancel culture and the way that works these days, you know, you don't want someone that's going to say the wrong thing. You've just invested a large amount of money and time on someone and they go and say yeah. something completely wild um, <laughs> that, then puts every, that then puts everyone at risk. It's, it's not great. Um, so, yeah, I think music, social media, like the interaction with their fans. Um, and I think, yeah, of course, the team, the team's everything as well. I think if you have got a team, it's ideal. Yeah. I think a team is so important because I could love the artist, the label could love the artist, but if the manager's a bit of a, a bit of a dickhead, then we don't really want to go and work with them, unfortunately. So it's about understanding your team and how your team is perceived as well because a lot of people, they think their team's great, but they're not aware of how the team are perceived outside of that. And, you know, that's, that's something very important. And I think also I, I do meet artists that don't have management and that's fine. I can understand if you're new, you know, you haven't got management and that's fine. You can try and do it all yourself. But even if you've just got someone that can sit in the room for you, even if they haven't got that much expertise as well, but are willing to learn and they can conduct themselves appropriately. Because the way that I see it is if you can't persuade someone to, you know, help you at that stage of just even it being a friend or something like that and, then how are, you, how are we going to persuade us to to believe too? Because it's just showing you one person believes and that's where you get great management is someone that is putting their life on the line for the artist. And it's like, okay, I get it. Uh, if they are, I'm down to put our life on the line too. Let's, let's all do this together. But, you know, if you've got someone half-stepping, mm. I mean, not bothered if they sign or not, or not bothered if they, it's not going to work for us. Really. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I guess you know, from your perspective as well, right? Yeah. Um, the manager, the team of the artist and the artist themselves, the people you're going to be working with, right? And I think in any job, uh, many times the people you work with is more important than what you're actually doing, mm. right? Because you can be like, mm -hmm. have you can have the most amazing project or be working on something super exciting, but then you're working with a bunch of tickets, as you said, mm. and then you just don't enjoy it. So, yeah. yeah, it's got it's got to be something. I mean, it's you're only as great as the weakest player in the team. Mm. So I think we've, we, I mean, I'm all for educating guys that come in new management and stuff, but it's also understanding as a manager when you are humbling yourself to know how good you really are. So if you're in a room full of people who have done this job for many years, 
don't think mm. you know better. I mean, you may have an idea that is groundbreaking, but if every single person is telling you, no, I don't think so, and they've all got experience, just, you know, listen to listen, listen, listen to the advice around you. And, and, you know, I think, yeah, I think just always put the artist's best interest yeah. in, yeah, it's, it's, a team is, is so important, so important. And, I, I mean, we can make the decision based on the team because we really like the team. And that, that, again, is who you know. So, yeah, I would say the team is paramount importance. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I guess, right, so we're at the stage where, you know, you're evaluating a, an artist, if you will, right? You had the all the discussions in, in the room in, in your three mm. meetings a week. Mm. Um, and let's say you decide to, to go for an artist and then you sign a deal. What happens after that? Right? What's the process from, from an A&R perspective, right? Yeah. So, again, it, again, it's depending on the type of, Thing we're signing if we're signing the single then the song's already out or the song's already ready to go it's then about liaising with our marketing teams um and making sure that we're ready to push it to all the dsps mm. to the amazons the spotify's the apple music youtube all of that making sure we've got a plot around the record but then if we're signing an artist like full-on and not just for on the song by song basis it would be about okay let's get sessions in let's fully get to know the artist let's line them with this songwriter this producer and that's the role of an A&R effectively. The A&R, the, the way to see it is the A&R is basically your manager within the label. Um, it's pretty much doing the same same thing that a manager was doing for you while you're independent, except for now I'm on behalf of Sony and mm. I'm going to help make sure we're getting you in the right places and it's for me to fight for the artist throughout that whole process. So I need to make sure the marketing person is giving the attention to my artist that is needed. Because at the end of the day, if the artist doesn't work, it's my head that's on the chopping block. So therefore, I need to make sure the marketing team are doing all they can. I need to make sure that we are getting the right funding for, for videos and for what we need to push. And I fight every stage and making sure we're getting the right sessions, the right features. We're putting the artists on other, other artists' records and kind of getting them known within the culture or within the scene of which you're trying to break into. Yeah. Um, and yeah, working hand in hand with the manager as well. Um, and we just have to know have to have a really really solid relationship with the manager because that's kind of your teammate throughout this whole process and if one of you are out of sync then it can be a mess very quickly so yeah i think i think that's that's kind of what we're, we're doing we develop the talent push the talent amongst the label and then release the talent and then we yeah and hopefully we we're successful and then we move on to the next project with them or the next the next thing while also mm -hmm. at the same time looking for new artists you know, so it's, it, um, you've got to know how much you can take on and how many, you know, how, how much you can do. Because if I'm mid-campaign with an artist that is priority, me going to sign another artist and me being the A&R for that artist, it, it's going to be a challenge. And maybe the artist I'm with is not going to be happy that I'm mm. then going to do that. So it, it's a lot of egos you deal with, but in a good way, everyone should be um, protective of, you know, the people in their team and what they're doing. And they should make sure they're priority because, again you are signing your life to, 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 not to us, but we're also signing our lives to you as well. We're making a commitment yeah. to you as well. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's making sure we understand where we're coming from um, and that we're all working towards the same goal. Mm, so important. How many artists do you work with, like, at a time within the label? Like, how does that all work? And how's, like, time being split in terms of tasks and stuff? No, of course. I mean, it depends on the level of the team. And again, it depends on the level of the management. So, I mean, we've got, for example, an artist on our roster that her management team's so great that we don't really have to worry too much. It's more of a thing if you guys just do what you're doing. 
bring nice. it to us, <laughs> and then we're going to help do the do the other side of it, um, like the rollout and things like that. Um, there are other artists that we need to be hands on with, so it all depends how much how how many people's in your team, of course, because you've got major labels where they've got massive teams and they can take on loads of artists. And again, it depends on what you're signing. A lot of them are just, they say they've signed this artist, but really they've signed songs that are already made and already done. So really they can take on multiple at a time and they're not really being exhausted in that way. Um, development's a much tougher thing. Development, I mean, I can only speak for myself. Develop, I'd probably say two or three maximum, like full on developing. Because again, it's an intense job to do. So if you're, if you're trying to, you're spreading your jam way too thin yeah. if you're going for a lot of them to develop so mm. I, 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 I'm I happy with one <laughs> I'd be happy with two <laughs> I'm happy with one or two but I, I know I could push myself to three but it would be a very sleepless night but you know we love what we do so yeah I just want to make sure everyone gets a fair crack and if it ever does get too much for me or got too much for me I'd make sure that my team are there to support me and with their experience you know yeah. carry some weight with me so Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there is a set number as such. Everyone's different experience. Someone that's been in the job for 10, 20 years, they might say, oh, five artists, no problem. You know, because they can make decisions in their sleep. Whereas for me, I've got to maybe do a little bit more digging early on. So yeah, yeah. I think it varies for each a and to be honest. Yeah, and from what, I've, what I'm hearing as well is, um, right, the the role that you play depends on, on the manager they have as well, right? Because depending on on how the team works and stuff you get more involved or less so it will depend on depend on that and i guess your your tasks are a bit different depending on on the management that that the artist has right most definitely yeah that that Mm -hmm. makes sense right and i guess kind of like the (laughs) the big question right (laughs) uh we'll have the big question to to the end um if if you had to to speak to artists who you know eventually they're completely independent now and they want to get signed one day and you know catch their attention from A and R teams and stuff, what tips would you give them? What what would you say? Look, you must do this. I I I, I mean, I always say to artists if. if if you're thinking of approaching an A&R, nine times out of ten, I'm going to say don't do it, um, which sounds quite cliche. It's, it's understanding what you want the label to do. The whole purpose of us is to bring your music and your art to people. So let's take us out of the equation for a second. If the labels weren't there, how would you do it? So let's start doing that first. Let's focus on getting your music to more people how you can whether that's by getting on playlists, which isn't the easiest job. It's like a mystery game. Mm. It's a lucky dip. (laughs) I mean, are we going to get on playlists or not? We don't know. Um, But there are things you can do again. And it comes back to that point of engaging who you have on your social media. Don't worry if you've only got 400 fans on there, because if I can come on and see you've got 400 fans, but you're engaging all of them and you're getting 300 likes, loads of comments and all this from them, that's going to impress me much more than 40,000 and 20 comments. Do you know what I mean? For me, um, so I, I think, yeah, I think you work with the fan base you have because at the same time, so many people take their fans for granted by chasing more fans that they completely forget the people that are showing the support there and then they eventually lose them. So for me, it's engaging what you have and yeah, just get to more people. Hope If you've got these fans on side, they'll become ambassadors and they will help push you to that next level and they will spread. But 
if you're just there and oh, I haven't got enough and you're whining, oh, no one likes me. Oh, no, no. no one wants to work with anyone like that, man. I mean, you know, everyone <laughs> can have excuses and there are enough artists that only want the major record deal so that they can then blame the major record label <laughs> when it's not working. That is a lot of artists, let's face it, that, you know, they just want someone to blame rather than look in the mirror and say, what more could I do? And it, it, there's no rules to this game, man. So, I mean, it, it is very tough. It's tough as an artist. It's not easy. It's not, there's no set rule book and say, hi, this is how we do it. There's absolutely <laughs> nothing to go off, really. But again, it's just understanding if you see someone that gets an editorial or a write-up on a, a blog you like or you thought, oh, that was a good look for you as an artist, are you actually sitting down then and doing the work that is required? Are you then going to that article and seeing who wrote that article? Let me add them to my Excel spreadsheet. Let me let me go and source who are all these writers and let me just touch in with them. Let me just check in with them all. Even if I'm not checking in and doing this outreach to them, let me just follow them so they can see my name. They may not have to even message them directly. Let's see if they will then pick up on me. Because let's face it, everyone sees their notifications. Unless you've got thousands That's and thousands of followers. Yeah. If I see you follow me, I, I've seen you. I've seen you. Yeah. So it's a thing where it's then up to me to then either follow back or and see what's going on. Um, and I think, yeah, I think you've got to actually, you've got to do the work, man. I mean, there's so much work outside of being a musician now that if you do want to do it and you just can't lose what the goal is. The goal is, label or not, to get your music to as many people and connect with them. So if that's through the editorial, the different, the different people in blogs, LinkedIn are people going on LinkedIn and going, okay, you know, if, if, you, create a, if you create a LinkedIn account, on a different name, on a fake name, and say you work at Spotify, you will then be recommended everyone that works at Spotify. Do you know? <laughs> things like that. Like, like is it, you don't work at Spotify, but guess what? Well, your recommendations are now Spotify, so you can find people that way. Just use a, a John mm-hmm. Doe account, and then all of a sudden you've got all the contact names of who you need to get in contact with. Um, yeah. There's so many different tricks and, you know, different hustles you can do to, to try and find a way. That, but most people, they just, you know, they just put their song out. That's it. They haven't done the whole 12 weeks or the six weeks and said, right, on Wednesday this week, this is going to happen. On Friday, mm. this is going to happen with this song. This is going... Like, yeah. you have to follow the process of what, what would a label do anyway? Like, people say, oh, I need a manager. I need a radio plugger. But you can be, as Russ said, you can be told no on your own. Do you know what I mean? Like, radio pluggers aren't a guarantee either. You give them the money, you can be told no for free same way. So, like, <laughs> give plot. Give a plot and and really understand what what's the reason for people to want to really mess with you. And people will say, oh, but my music's great. It's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But are you being as authentically yourself as possible? And that's what I look for because, let's face it, most of the time you're not going to be the best singer that I've ever heard. You're probably not going to be the most entertaining mm. person I've ever seen in my life. But what you can be is you can be the most authentic version of yourself and it, no one else will be that. And it sounds, again, very cliche, but you can see when someone's trying something and you can see when someone is something. And I think mm-hmm. that doesn't deter, that isn't determined by views. That isn't determined by anything else. That's an innate kind of thing with me. I can say, yep, yeah. no, you don't cut the mustard. Yeah. Next, That's you know, just so, yeah. and I, mm, I love to be proved wrong as well. I say that in nearly every A and R meeting. Whenever I'm giving feedback that isn't the best or most positive on the artist, I love to be proved wrong. I hope I'm proved wrong on everything I say no to, you know, because yeah. it, it will teach me. <laughs> um, but it just so happens I'm right quite a lot of the time, and it's just a bit annoying. Mm. Um, but you know, I think, I think, yeah, I think don't don't worry about chasing down a label. It's the same thing of chasing down a manager. Oh, I need a manager. I need a manager. Where are you rushing to get a manager from? Where are you rushing to that you need a manager right now? 
Again, is it just someone to blame? Are you honestly doing all the work? Are you inundated with so much work that you need to give 20% of your stuff away to a manager? And let's face it, at that stage, you probably aren't even making anything to give 20% of anything to. So why are we spending that time and headspace? I need this. That could be done doing the actual work and focusing on that. And I think there's too many soft excuses out here. And I think I, I just, just, just get on with it, really. Just... You know, it's difficult. We're in difficult times right now. We're in very difficult times, um, obviously with COVID and the lockdown of shows and things like that. But it's not an excuse. I think I think I there's ways. There's, there's artists that are taking advantage of it, and there are people that are are being clever with it. But I think yeah, don't don't necessarily approach because no one really wants like you don't. It's the same thing goes to relationships. I mean, most of the time, if if you're if you're getting a partner in a relationship. It's always the person that really wants you. You don't really want. You're kind of like, <laughs> oh, don't, don't, you know, it's a bit worrying. It's the same thing with the label. It's like, if you really want me, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be like, oh, no. It's a bit, this smells of desperation a little bit. And if you're going to be a star artist, if you're going to be a superstar that I want, most of the superstars are very nonchalant. They're very, huh, I don't care if I get dropped now. I don't care if I, you know, they don't really care by the look of it. And they're the people that attract that star quality effortless. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's just trying to find that that bridge, that superstar quality of effortlessness while trying very fucking hard to get what you want. Um, yeah, get good yeah, that, at what you what do and the rest just comes, right? It's, uh, exactly. it's a bit like everything. I think the relationship example is, is really good as well. Um, and yeah, I agree. Uh, it sounds very cliche as well, but to be honest, things just seem to happen when they have to, right? So when you're ready for it as well, because so many times we just get obsessed with oh no, you know, to to jump to the next level and it, this and this and that. Oh no, just, mm-hmm. it will come. Maybe you're just not ready. Mm. Just keep 100%. keep going, keep going. And when it has to happen, it will happen. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And you even get as well, a lot of people, they do, because I think you see other artists as well doing well. You see other artists doing it and you're thinking, I'm better than them. Like, why, why not me? Or... It's like me, for example, with my job now, as I said earlier at the beginning of this, it took me 10 years to even get to this and I'm still not even started yet. For me, it's like, I've had to watch so many people get jobs within this industry that I'm thinking, no way, I'm much, I'm much more equipped than them, for example. But I had to slap myself in the face and say, I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. I don't know what work they're doing. I don't know. I can't talk on someone else's journey. So your moment will come and you just have to keep digging in. You just can't quit. You can't quit. If you genuinely believe you serve a purpose and you can be honest enough to know that your music's good enough, keep going and keep keep looking for mentors, keep looking for songwriters, keep looking for producers that can be honest with you. And if, if you're in sessions with people that are just yes men, yes men, yes men, you're in the wrong sessions, you need to get out. Because <laughs> you know, no matter how good you think you are, there's going to be someone there that could sit there and say, no, nah, let's change this or, <laughs> or think of it from this perspective. And yeah yeah i think i think not everyone's always right as well you could hear me say you know your music i don't think is good that doesn't mean i want you to stop making music and you know (laughs) (laughs) not not try anymore um because i think that rick rubin said it recently he said um something he said as an a and r when you're giving feedback as an a and r the best thing you can possibly do is say how the music made you feel because then you're not wrong so yeah. it is just a feeling and you have to understand I could play I could play someone's song that I think this is the best thing ever to my team but them guys have had four hours sleep pissed off they haven't had their coffee yet and I've played this first thing in the morning to them and they're just not in the mood for this 
I play it on Friday at 3 p.m. and they love it, but it's the same song. So again, it it so much. <laughs> it's, just, it's a, it's a funny one. If I believe in something, I have That's to keep crazy. knocking it on the door and keep saying, "Look, this is still sick. This is still as good as it was last week." But let's hope you're in a better mood today. <laughs> and then you keep trying. Do you know? <laughs> That's but I think that's like anything. I think that's the same thing for journalists. It's the same thing for blogs. It's just understanding music such an emotive thing. Are then people even in the headspace to hear your music? It's not personal, man. It, mm. it, people take it far too personally in this industry, and they they hold a grudge, and it's like all of that all that energy is just needs to be shifted elsewhere. Mm, I agree. It's just like music is so subjective, and everyone feels differently about it, and it's just so hard. Someone sometimes to like what people actually think at given times of the day it's just so weird <laughs> right i think we need to start wrapping up um so can we ask you a last question just very quick one um <laughs> let, let's see if you can tell us do you do you have any example um of an artist that you were following you know as a as an anr and that you didn't get to sign this part you said, oh, I want to sign this artist, mm. and then mm -hmm. the artist blew up. No, I can, I can, I can give you, I can give you an example because I was when I first read the question, I thought, all right, if I tell you, I have to kill you. So I thought, I thought, you know, I don't know who's listening here, so they might go and steal it from me. So mm -hmm. what I've done is I've looked at artists where, yes, we've spoke about them, but I know they're in other situations now, and I, and I think they will still do well. Yeah. Um, my background, as I said, is a rap background, um, but there's someone that's making waves at the moment. He's been in the top 40. Um, I think he's just coming up to going silver now with his record that's been there for maybe 12 weeks in the top 40. His name is Central C. He's a rapper from West London. Um, he has a song called Loading. Um, he's got star quality about him. He's got the look. He's He's got, you know, the song's, the song's okay. I think the song's all right. The kids seem to love it. It's been doing really well on TikTok and stuff. I think he's good, and I think there's another guy called Backroad G. That's G E E. Um, he's got a lot of personality, tons of personality, and it's infectious. And I've I've been lucky enough to be in the studio with him, and it's it's just that I I saw him in the studio before I ever even heard anything online, and saw him start making moves in this. So I'll never forget the moment I walked into that studio, and I walked out saying that guy's a star, and <laughs> and lo and behold, he is climbing up much quicker than I thought he would. To be fair. Um, cool. And he's doing it. He's someone that, without live shows, I mean, he's limited to what he can do. Because once he's live, it's it's crazy energy. It's it's infectious. It, it's a lot of noises. It's a lot of, you know, not necessarily lyrics. Not necessarily most lyrical artists I've ever come across. But it's it's fucking it's fucking sick. It's it's real energetic, and mm -hmm. I think he shouts quite a lot. So you need to make sure your volume's a little bit lower than normal. <laughs> But yeah, it's yeah. it's great, man. I think Backro G and Central C, I think they're going to have big years, I think, this year in the rap world. And I think they're going to do really well. I think they are going to do yeah. extremely well. Those are great examples. Yeah. Also because, you know, it just gave us so much insight. So these examples gave us so much insight in the way your brain works as well. You know, mm -hmm. because of what you <laughs> said. True. It was like, oh, his personality is infectious, right? So that's really what sticks with you for example mm. in that case so mm -hmm. again it's, it's everything we've covered before yeah. in this podcast is yeah you you just did it live for us right here right now <laughs> <laughs> that's good i'm glad to so have i'm glad to have been service so yeah. yeah yeah that was the example <laughs> yeah no thank worries. you Kieran, been a, for your been time pleasure. really appreciate it's been a pleasure. it so oh, but the word of the day yes yes we need to, we need to do the the word of the day right um <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess. Well, if you've listened to our podcast before, you're probably aware, but otherwise, um, we ask you to go and, and comment a word on our social media. Um, so either on my social media, which is at Martlog Music or Leah's social media. Let you tell because I've forgotten. It's Leah underscore G underscore music. And yeah, which word are we going to pick for people to go and, and drop on the comments? Infectious, maybe? Yes. <laughs> kind of goes with the COVID situation as well. <laughs> oh, I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh Great timing, Kieran. Thanks for that. <laughs> no problem. Glad to have been of help. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, Kieran, for joining us on the podcast today. Um, it was so good chatting to you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much, and we'll see you in two weeks, guys. Thanks, Kieran. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.